Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. We can't go to camp without our physicals now, can we? La plume de matante. I take great relish in savoring each separate horror. I roll them over on my tongue. Don't, Lord Byron. Don't remind me of it tonight. Sometimes I have wondered whether life wouldn't be much more amusing if we were all devils. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chair. Welcome to Scream and Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View, and Happy New Year. This is our first podcast back in January 2017, and I've got a confession to make. I'm cheating on the other boys, and I'm here with another woman. Say hello, Rachel. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, uh, this, for this podcast, I'm, I'm actually joined via Skype by Rachel Nisbet, who is a lovely Jallo expert who I got talking to on Twitter a while back and who inspired us actually to to do our first Jallo podcast so thank you for that. Thank you, you're very kind, it's very nice of you. Yeah. And of course I wanted to do this podcast because I enjoyed your um your last one on Jallo so much so yeah, yeah. nice natural fit. Yeah well the thing is I mean we wanted to come at it from a bit of a different angle because I suppose a bunch of um, gay boys and one heterosexual talking about Jello films is something that is probably quite niche. So we went to Rachel and just said, you know, can you give us the heads up on where to start and also give us a few ideas about Jelly that have got maybe like a queer sensibility or a queer interest or, or anything like that. And then Rachel, you sent us a list that was about <laughs> three pages long. With some interesting notes on it, I think there's just like homosexual priest and things yeah, like that. Yeah, lesbian raped with knife or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was a fabulous help. So thank you very much for that. No problem. Yeah. So Rachel's joined me today because I'm not meeting with the boys for another week, and we wanted to sort of fill the gap and 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 get January 2017 off to a good start. So I didn't want to wait around. And funny enough, a couple of a couple of nights ago, I, I finally watched a film called Giallo a Venezia, which I had first come across on Twitter because Rachel was talking about it and putting screen, ga- screen grabs up on Twitter about it. Um, so it's her fault, basically, that this film fell into my lap. Yeah, I'm afraid it's yeah all on me. But I, I also found the tweet as well that um, I think um, inspires you to, to go out and find the film. And I think it was just me saying that, like, because you write, oh, should you watch it? Should yeah. I watch it? And I said, oh, yeah, it just depends if you want to see a woman stabbed in the van, a man wanking in the cinema and someone's leg getting hacked off. So I think that was enough for you to do a right and buying it. That was the trigger. That was it, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we thought we'd, um, we'd, both, we'd take that film on today. Because we're off to Venice in February, I thought I'd look at a lot of jelly that are set in Venice. And I thought I'd go back and um, I started with a muck and then watched um, Don't Look Now. Uh, which I realised was probably the first Jello I've ever seen because even though it's not credited, you know, it's not sort of, it's a mainstream film, isn't it, basically? Yeah. So you don't really watch that and think Jello, but it's got a lot of Jello sensibilities about it, I think, don't you? Yeah, because um, like you said it was your first one. It was also my first one when I was probably like 12 or something. I didn't appreciate it at the time. But I think when you go back, like when you start watching like actual jelly, then you go back to watching Don't Look Now, you realise like that it does have all the elements and it's just kind of a British take on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's definitely, it's a re- really good film as well. But I think it it's very similar in some ways to, you know, like the so Who Saw Her Die and 
yeah. Some of the other ones, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, I watched Who Saw Her Die and the Muck and, and the thought, Who Saw Her Die particularly really well made and, and really good film, but I was a bit disappointed by how sort of not sleazy and violent and horrible it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of bypasses all those elements. It's a bit disappointing if you're in, in for that. Yeah, so, so uh, Jello of Venezia in comparison makes up for all of that in, in, in basically in the first five minutes. Pretty much in the first five seconds, I think. In the first five seconds. So, um, for so spoiler alert. Obviously, we're going to be talking about this film in detail, so there will be spoilers. But the the, the general synopsis for the film is: um, so we're in Venice. It's nineteen seventy nine, and the bodies of a married couple, Flavia and Fabio, are discovered on the dockside. She's been drowned, and he's been stabbed repeatedly in the crotch, and they're both dead. And the police decide to go to their friend Marzia to try and find out you know, get a bit of info, a bit of background. And then through through Marcia, we sort of go down the rabbit hole, <laughs> so to speak, the, the muscle hole, and um, <laughs> and discover their depraved, perverse, quote-unquote, sex life. And then and a whole new space of killings sort of starts up as a result. So, so that's, the, that's the general synopsis. But this, this film, from the opening, um, you know you're not going to get Don't Look Now. <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah. um it's a close-up scene of um fabio's crotch being stabbed repeatedly and very very graphically and violently um and uh from there on in that sort of sets the tone really doesn't it yeah i mean i think we both said that we thought when we watched this that there was something wrong with the the blu-ray or like well i watched it originally like on a bootleg but you just kind of feel like there's something missing because it's just straight in there yeah straight in with the violence and it's yeah, I think it does just set the tone for everything else. Yeah, I had so. to. Yeah, I, I kind of said I was watching it and thought, hang on, have I sort of selected scenes instead of starting the movie because it literally just literally starts with that and you do think oh, you've missed the first scene or something, but that is actually the opening, um, and then for the pure L teenage boy in you, um, <laughs> you mm-hmm. go from the stabbing of a crotch to the words Leonora Fanny, which made me giggle like a <laughs> like a naughty schoolboy basically. Yeah, it just made me laugh as well. So it's kind of very fitting for, yeah. for a film like that. Well, it's very fitting for a film that's filled with so much big hairy bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As far as anyone that's in America, they probably uh, lost on them. But yeah, Fanny is vagina. Yeah. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. So Americans. I mean, you probably heard us say before, but yeah, Fanny, pussy, vagina. You get it. You you know. You name it. Um, So yeah, from from there on in, it's 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 a funny little film. I mean, we meet we meet um, Jeff Blinn's character, who is Angelo De Paul. He's the detective who's in charge of of working out who killed. Flavia and Fabio, and he um, is a. How would you describe him physically? Uh, physically, he's kind of got a mad, like blonde afro, curly. It looks like a wig, kind of. Yeah, right? I thought that. I thought that. Like a uh, circular glasses. Yeah. He doesn't really look like a kind of hard-boiled inspector. He doesn't, but speaking of hard-boiled. <laughs> yeah. Same um, way. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Angelo De Paul is uh, basically throughout the film in every, nearly every scene, he produces a boiled egg from his pocket, and then produces a, a pepper shaker from his other pocket, and salt and peppers the egg and eats it whilst he's interrogating people, and that's like his like random quirky character trait, but it's just really really distracting. Yeah, they kind of really like uh, go overboard with that one because it is in like every scene that the guy's in. There's lots of really odd little things that happen. I mean. From the from the get go after the stabbing and when the police are doing their investigation, 
I don't know about your age, but I noticed that um, the sheets that they used to cover the bodies are like tiny. They're like woefully inadequate. <laughs> There's like a hand towel they use. <laughs> You're just thinking it barely covers any, any of them. I know, I know. It's like, it's almost like when they were filming, they were like, shit, we haven't got any sheets. Can someone grab something from the hotel? <laughs> <laughs> and because I think they're like green with a bit of an Aztec pattern on them or something. Very strange, yeah. It doesn't look very like, you know, official. So, yeah, it's, it's, so the oddness doesn't stop there, basically. So, um, Angelo goes to see Marcia to find out a bit more about the dead couple. And then I just found this scene really strange because he um he, he goes in there and the way that they act, the, the chemistry between the two characters, you, you're almost led to believe that maybe they're, they're in a relationship or they're old friends or something. Yeah, he's some sort of like, you know, she's like a police informant or someone that he goes to time and time again for, you know, information on cases, but it just kind of transpires that, that's just how he handles like new kind of witnesses or they're so whatever. Relaxed. It's really strange. Yeah, they're so relaxed around each other. It's almost like the director forgot to make it's forgot to say to them, "You've never met before." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, things aren't helped by the fact that he just sits there really casually and takes a boiled egg out of his pocket. I mean, you know, if anything's going to break down the uh, professional allure, <laughs> it's going to be that, isn't it? But I was saying, like, I thought that. Um... The egg thing, it, was, it reminds me a bit of a profondo rosso with the detective with the sandwich. You know how it's quite funny in that and it's played for laughs and he's, you know, it's big serious crimes happened, but he's just having a wee munch on a sandwich. But yeah. it feels like they've just taken that and you know, gone absolutely mad with it. Um, well, I think that's what happens when something that was done so well by an artist like Argento is kind of taken and, and um, you know, reimagined by someone who isn't quite as artistic what are you say? trying to say about mario landy oh i don't you know i'm, I'm director not of sexy supermarket what's it called sexy supermarket Sexy market, i think yeah <laughs> oh, i'm dying to see that film <laughs> i really want to see it yeah um so basically the martia was friends with flavia and fabio not so much fabio she does say wasn't she in this in the film that she didn't like him she thought he was a pervert yeah i mean i, I suppose it's hard to kind of justify there's anything other than a pervert when you watch this film so yeah it's just kind of like you're getting the background knowledge on kind of what went on there um because I, I can't remember there's a line quite early on in the film where um DePaul kind of says oh sex is always sex is the key I think is what sex, he says sex is the key to everything sex, yeah they yeah. keep saying that so they kind of reckon that they're they're trying to work out why these people have died but they're they have an idea that there's some sort of sexual element so they're trying to you know get in there and find out exactly what it is yeah. I think as well he says it's all about sex, so that that's constantly kind of said throughout. Yeah, and it's funny they've got a, they've got a strange relationship to sex in this film, haven't they? Because in this scene when he's sort of interrogating Martia with his boiled egg, he, he references things about the couple. He says things like, um, the strange sexual object in their apartment. We found we found the sexual object in their apartment. It's almost like the it's almost like the the referring to the sex object as being as bad as the murder weapons. It's like the, <laughs> this dildo is exhibit A, this cat of nine tails is exhibit B. <laughs> well no wonder they were murdered if they were engaging in a dildos and <laughs> Oh my god, I better watch me back then. So yeah, from there we go uh, into flashback, one of many. Yes, so we kind of um, discover the tortured sex life of Flavia and Fla- Fabio, and I think just before that, I don't know if it's before that or just after it, but you just see Inspector Dupol. He's got a notebook and he just writes Fabio, Flavio, and then Drogas. what Drogas or whatever. And you're thinking, <laughs> yeah. great, yeah, nice police notes and a green <laughs> marker pen. That's amazing. Yeah. Then yeah. I think it, I think it's after that that it goes into flashbacks, isn't it? Not. 
remember. I think it so. Struck me as funny. The flashbacks. I mean, the flashbacks in this film are weird because they last for so long that you you, you sort of start to think, you know, the whole film is a flashback, and then just and then you as get those you... two minute like bits <laughs> with the inspector again, and then back into flashback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the flashbacks are probably the more interesting part of the first act, aren't they? Because they're basically protracted sex scenes in various different locations. Pretty much, yeah. Although maybe some of us prefer prefer watching a man eat an egg, you know. Well, I, I must say, I mean, from we watched it on Thursday, I think, and then after that, me and my husband have craved boiled eggs ever since. So, you know, clearly <laughs> something good to say about the film. <laughs> it will make you want to eat more boiled eggs. Yeah, Great it's good for, for January in the new year. It's good for protein. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, let's talk about protein in this. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, we get to see Flavia and Fabio engage in various different uh, acts. We we see them do. Um, did you have sex in public? Don't they? Yeah, I have to be honest. Like, there's a, the first sex scene is um, it's quite like it first seems quite romantic. You know, him mm. and his wife are sitting on a ferry and they're in Venice and. You're kind of he's holding her and it's like oh isn't that nice and then he starts kind of eyeing up this man and I mean how would you describe this man's ensemble the one on the boat it's like a, a pair of like mustard trousers and a burgundy shirt and then he's got this kind of afro like haircut <laughs> and a white a white sweater like tied around his, his oh, neck and, oh he's so horrible I know, and, I know. but, but Fabio keeps like giving him the eye and then he's giving Fabio the eye so when the first time I watched this I was like is Fabio gay is yes. this some sort of like bisexual thing that's gonna happen I thought but, that I, was, I got my hopes up even though I think Fabio's repulsive. Um, I got my hopes. It's horrible. It's horrible. I think I prefer the guy who's watching them to Fabio. To be fair. And that's saying something. I know that's saying something. And well, and also I must say this film is seriously lacking on the eye candy. I mean, you know, Jolly. Um, in particular, Jolly generally, I think there's always there's always one guy in there who I think, oh, you know, in a seventies porno way. <laughs> but in this film, not really. Although my husband did sort of fancy the detective, even though he was eating boiled eggs. God, right. Yeah, but <laughs> which then, one? Yeah, the egg one. Yeah, yeah. Although you know, that's saying nothing because Ben is a terrible slut. <laughs> that's not true. He's a very good one. Um, I'm so, starting to kind of question this man if he was attracted to um, Nicole, but at least it wasn't Fabio. <laughs> it wasn't Fabio, so that's alright. So we get one sex scene after another. I mean, what you get with this film is basically a softcore sex film, aren't you? Really, pretty much. Yeah. With with some um, horrible sort of gore thrown in there for good measure. And a few bits of like a few mystery elements, but yeah, a bit, like, of, rape, a bit of rape. Yeah, just a bit of rape for good measure, you know. <laughs> just throw that in there. So from there, we have um, Flavia and Fabio are getting it on. It's too vanilla for him, so he goes off and does coke, and she's left on her own on the bed. And you don't, I don't think he get this for as long on the YouTube version, but on the version that we've watched, um, she's basically masturbates for about ten minutes. Yeah, it really is about ten minutes of masturbation. So. With yeah. a giant um, bush, of course. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I guess I think it's quite an interesting scene, really, though, because you've kind of seen all these horror. Well, I think there's another. Is there? Was it just one sex scene before this one? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like the previous sex scene, you've got her and uh, Fabio, and he's like trying to get her to fuck him in a shipyard, and humiliates her because Sweater Man appears and he's watching and. Yeah. And then she tries to have sex with her husband in this scene, and he's not really interested. He wants to go off and do coke and. Uh, Look at what's that like ancient, not ancient, but like um, old style drawings of like sex scenes. Yeah. Um, you just kind of feel like she's incredibly frustrated and then yeah. she kind of goes off and masturbates and it's her only kind of, it's the only kind of really nice sex scene in the whole film in a way and the only intimate sex scene because she can't obviously get with her husband. So it's quite tragic. I think it's, in, yeah, it is interesting because in the film that 
we've talked about Jelly and the, the misogyny and how a lot of films are held up as misogynistic, which some some of it is, I, I think some of it is deserved, des, you know, it's deserved critique, but I think a lot of it is, I think people go a bit to town on the whole misogyny angle of it a lot of the time. Um, yeah. But this one, this one is, to all intents and purposes, very, very misogynistic film, if you ask me. You know, the women in it are basically there to be raped or cajoled or murdered, aren't they? Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue. Um, it's difficult as well because with a better-known director, you might think certain things that happen, there's a point to it, or he's trying to, you know, say something about about the characters or women and men and sex. But because it's someone that, as we've said before, has directed Sexy Supermarket before, you kind of get the feeling that it's really just a case of like he's like having his women being raped like on screen for entertainment. So mm. yeah, as much as I kind of talk about like like that int- the intimate masturbation scene and stuff I think that's just me maybe reading too much into it I think it's just an excuse to watch a woman masturbate so it probably is but <laughs> you, it's like any work of art you bring you, you bring you take away what you brought to it in the first place do you know what I mean what does that say about me <laughs> well no I mean I think it's I think it means you're looking for redeeming features <laughs> in the film and I think it is interesting because in, the, in that scene I think that's one of the only scenes in the film where the woman makes a choice to do something to herself you know what I mean? Yeah, she, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, she t- she decides to do that herself. She she she's trying to make herself happy, whereas a lot of the time the women in this film are be are there to service the men in what in one way or another. And I think the other character as well, Marcia, Um, I think she's quite an interesting character in a way because she she comes across as someone who's quite lonely. And throughout the film, she's being stalked by a student called Andrea. You get the impression that maybe he's stalking her because. Maybe she, maybe they've had an affair in the past. I think she's, I think she's supposed to be older than him. Which is kind of hard because yeah. he's called the student, but it looks like he's pushing forward too. So it's a yeah. wee bit confusing, but yeah, we're, I suppose we both kind of thought there's, there was history there. I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's I mean, never was, really explained. No, I mean, I, so at one point in the film, we, we realised that Marzia was in a sec, did a sex tape. They had like an orgy with Flavia and Fabio and a couple of other people. Was he, was Andrea involved in that? I think Andrea was. And I think after that, he got a bit obsessed with it. But yeah. it's never really, you're never really sure of what happened with that. Yeah. And if they went out for a while after, if there was anything else, or if it was just the orgy. But at this point, when we come into the film, he's just kind of, obsessed with her and make it obscene well i say obscene phone calls i don't even know if they are obscene just you know they're just mildly threatening aren't they just threatening like yeah. mild peril <laughs> <laughs> but don't um, worry inspector de Paul's on the case yeah well yeah and um, so uh, marty is played by a actress called maria angelo maria angelo giordano and she is someone who i've <laughs> recently become a bit more obsessed with and um it's so funny because when i was watching it i had one of those moments you know where you're like where you realise you know things about films that if you tell people, they will judge you. <laughs> and I was watching it, and when she came on screen, I was like, she was the nun in Malabimba, the malicious whore. And Ben was looking at me as if to say, of course, you know that. And then realised she was also the mum in Burial Ground as well. And then I realised that she was uh, the friend in the set, so... Yes, which I haven't seen. Yeah, so... She's got quite a few uh, credits. Yeah, and she never meets a good end, does she? Because, like, she, in Malabimba, um, I can't remember what happens, actually. I know she's the nun, and she does masturbate in the corner of the room at one point. I can't remember if she dies or not. But in Burial Ground, she's got that weird little... She's got that weird son who's played by a strange adult man-child creature. And she seduces him when he's a zombie, and then he eats her tits. <laughs> 
It's like, what, what do you say to that? <laughs> what do you say to that? So in this film, she meets a similarly gruesome ending. So I always think of like, what are the most shocking kind of films in the genre? Like, what are the worst kind of jolly? And I always think that, you know, like most people would say the New York Ripper and then some of the lesser known ones like Sister, the Sisters of Ursula, yeah. um, Play Motel, more because it's sleazy. And then I would say the killer is still among us. And I think you watch the scene and it kind of almost like blows all those films out of the water because this is, I mean, well, this scene and another scene that I'm sure we'll talk about, but um, <laughs> it's just absolutely like savage. It goes on for so long as well. It's yeah. really one of the most shocking scenes, I think, in the whole genre. Yeah, so Giordano's character, Marcia, she basically gets strapped to a kitchen table and dissected with a hacksaw and he really cuts into her leg for a long time. Yeah, it's kind of like you're watching him go through all the layers of flesh yeah. and muscle and it just keeps going and going and you're seeing more kind of, I'd say, meat. I don't know what is in your leg, but you kind of, it's really quite graphic and gory and you see the different layers and <laughs> yeah but you're never away but always in frame is a shot of her pussy yeah <laughs> the important things yeah <laughs> so yeah so this is aimed because at... it's like a dummy as well it kind of looks a bit off color yeah yeah so you're sort of aimed at this film's aimed at men who want to wank off at a woman's like being cut off but they can still see her fanny basically the important things in life <laughs> yeah yeah i love the scene though <laughs> it's it's well done. Yeah, sort of. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> and the kind of off-colour vagina. And... <laughs> so she ends up in the fridge next to her leg and the milk, basically, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, quite impressive, like how they could fit a whole, like, kind of body and a leg into a yeah, fridge. Well, yeah. Especially a wee Italian one in the 70s. Well... <laughs> so that's one shocking scene. So the other one, which I was really shocked by, I was like, oh, my God, screaming at the telly. It was... um. Basically, Andrea, who is the guy who's going around killing people. He, he has goes, amazing glasses. He, he has the best aviators ever. And you get loads of really nice, like, artful shots of bodies and legs being hacked off, but reflected in, in those shades. Yeah, well, we, yeah, I mean, it, the, it's a film that's not particularly well made compared to a lot of other jelly. But those scenes where, the, where, the, where people are reflected in his shades are really good, aren't they? They're like, yeah. they're like film poster material. Yeah, they reminded me of Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward with uh, Ooh, yeah. the ending when you see the George Hilton's aviators and the yeah. Yeah. murder scene reflected. No, it's, it's, it looks good. Yeah. It's like I, probably the only thing that does look good. But. Well, yeah. He go, so he goes off to the local dump to have sex with the prostitutes, obviously. And yep. um, he proceeds to then stab her repeatedly with a pair of scissors in the vagina. And we get that in graphic, graphic detail. <laughs> it's very cl- up-close, hardcore, porn-style graphic detail of these scissors going into a vagina over and over again and that really did shock me i was like really wasn't expecting that yeah i find that the most shocking scene in the film even more shocking than the leg scene and then i probably like it's up there as my a joint most shocking scene probably in the whole genre i mean it is horrible to watch and like when i watched what have you done to solange many years ago yeah i was always quite shocked at that scene where you see the knife between the legs but it cuts away before you actually see anything yeah but i thought that was shocking at the time and then to see this where you think oh it's going to cut away but that's still shocking and then to see no actually it's going to keep stabbing someone in the vagina and we'll watch like all the blood come down in the bush and yeah it goes on for quite a while it's absolutely horrible and then he walks away and we're sort of left with this shot of a prosthetic vagina with scissors hanging from it for like (laughs) 
half a sec, half a minute maybe. <laughs> it's really, really You're good. You're just sitting there like, screaming inside going, oh, I'm going to cross my legs now. Yeah, it's really, it is a savage, it's a savage film. I mean, there's, there's other savage deaths in the film and that the, the scene with them. Um, there's uh, Martia's boyfriend, who's Marco. Does he get shot and then burned to death? Andrea, Andrea, Andrea comes in out, yeah, douses him in gasoline and sets him on fire, and it's horrible. And then you just see his, like, char-grilled corpse lying there, and then his eye just kind of moves to the side. Which <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is a, it's a really good, like, special effect. Like, it looks decent. It's just horrible watching his, like, little eye move before he dies. Yeah, it's grisly. And there's a scene that just after that, you see the body lying there, and... I could be wrong, but I'm quite. I'm sure that the prosthetic, the dummy, um, something went wrong with it because there's one arm that seems to be really, really long. See, I never noticed this, but I'm definitely gonna have to check it yeah, out. Yeah, go back and have a look. Yeah, so Andrea is set up as the killer. So I mean, it's really it's, it is interesting for the for the Jallo, isn't it? Because you you meet the killer really early on. You know, it's him, and you follow him doing these things. So you're not sort of watching from the POV. There's no black glove, um. Well, there is a black love, but, you know, that's not all you see. You know who the person is who's doing it. Yeah. It's not kind of a traditional whodunit where you've got, like, a cast of characters and you're trying to work out, well, who's involved with the murders, who's, like, the, the murderer, who are the murderers. It's just that you know very early on who it is and it's just trying to work out why those that married couple died at the start and how everyone connects. So it's interesting because you do kind of know roughly what's going on, but you're trying to work out how exactly does it fit together. Yeah. So we get more flashbacks of the... Flavian and Fabio's sex life, <laughs> thankfully. And um, there's a, a there's a, another shocking scene for a very different reason. Is they go into like a flea pit cinema, and they get it on whilst they're watching someone. I think be raped on to, on the on the screen. I wasn't sure if it was just a standard kind of like you know cinema or if it was supposed to be kind of a porn cinema. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's some women screaming, "No, please don't!" Just through the whole scene. So I thought it's probably some sort of hardcore porn that they're watching. There's that much rape in this film that they probably had a lot of B-roll footage of someone screaming, no, please don't. That they <laughs> they're just, just like, we'll just toss it in here. Plays on a Because in the, in the scene before, there's like a really nasty rape scene just before it goes into the cinema scene. And uh, it's yeah. interesting because in that, she's screaming, oh, please don't, please don't, yeah. all that kind of thing. And then it cuts straight to cinema scene, yeah. scene where the exact thing that's kind of was happening to her seems to be happening. <laughs> happening in the background so yeah an interesting one don't know if it was intentional or not but yeah very strange nice connection yeah and then uh, uh, this guy sat sits next to them in the cinema and he starts to join in so he's groping a leg and all that and you think oh this is going to be like a three-way scene and then suddenly shockingly he lobs out a big boner a walloper yeah a walloper (laughs) Um, and he um he starts to masturbate on screen which is something that i really wasn't expecting from this at all yeah i mean i don't think i've ever seen a man masturbate in a kind of commercial film so that was certainly an experience yeah there was there is another mainstream film would have seen something similar to this and i can't remember for the life of me what it is nothing that'll be as memorable as this one for a on-screen masturbation well no that's true that's true assuming it's an overweight mustached italian man who's having quite a quite a on himself he's proper he's a he's a proper sleaze bag isn't he yeah I was, I was quite surprised i don't really know exactly what the rules are in other countries like other than here but i mean in the uk like that's completely like a no-go mm-hmm. having like so, so somebody sent me a rent to masturbating yeah yeah um so it's nice equal opportunities you know you should see the women <laughs> women naked so nice to see a, a, a man's penis i think equal opportunities would probably be if all the men got raped as well <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a film where a man gets raped in a show, but maybe I'm wrong. 
Oh well. <laughs> we'll find that one. That'll be the next podcast. Leave something in the leave a leave a comment if you if you can remember what. <laughs> so yeah, um so we have the masturbation scene and then so the sex games continue and they kind of get they get more and more extreme, don't they? And then the, we have that really odd scene where he makes her seduce Fabio makes Flavia seduce the delivery boy. Yeah. Um and he's like seventeen, isn't he? And he's like, Oh, don't really know what I'm doing and so she takes him in hand, quite literally. It uh, was quite there's no really like kind of seduction there. It's just pretty much, you know, like, here's my badge. <laughs> Put your hand on my breast. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not really into it as he's like, mm. Or, I mean, I don't know if he's not into, well, maybe it's more hair. She's kind of, she's thinking, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sick of going along with this shit. This is enough. And, and sort of, she sort of stops halfway through, doesn't she? Yeah, because it's, it's quite a hard scene to read in some ways. Because, yeah, like you think, oh, she's just sick of Fabio's kind of games. But then on the other hand, the guy seems quite unsure as well and young. And it's the strange dynamic between the two of them where she seems like very like tender towards him. I think, yeah. Almost, ma- almost yeah, maternal. Yeah, she said. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> grubby, then grubby, he grubby. goes, and then Fabio's raging, calls her a silly cow, and then the scene cuts. Because <laughs> he's just peeking. Like, there's so many scenes where he's, like, kind of being a voyeur, and he's just peeking behind blinds or grey or something, and he's yeah. little beady eyes or... It was horrible. Kind of in. He's so horrible. He's then... really horrible, and he can't kiss for shit as well. Oh, the kissing scenes are horrible. On her, like, chin. Yeah, he's like enveloping a whole face with his mouth. He's got—he's one of the people who's got a really big mouth, hasn't he? Yeah, it's huge. Um, even bigger than his mouth is his Adam's apple. <laughs> I was say something else. Right? No, well, you wouldn't know because you don't really see it. <laughs> we don't see Fabio's, no. No, no. Um, and uh, so yeah, so after that, then so their sex games are going again, uh, sort of escalating. And at the same time as seeing these sex games in flashback, we're watching the investigation, the boiled eggs, <laughs> and um, we see that Andrea, Andrea is clearly the killer. So he must have killed Flavia and Fabio as well. But you would be led to believe, yes, yeah. yes. But the twist is that he didn't. So um, after Marty's death. We're about an hour and ten minutes into the film, so you know that there must be more to it than this. You know, there must be more going on. And then it's Angelo, isn't it? Doesn't he say? No, yeah, the inspector yeah, doesn't believe it's him and he knows there's something else that's afoot, so it's just trying to work out what exactly happened. Yeah. What the real story is with old Fabio. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes and questions this old guy who lives down by the docks who saw well, they think he might have seen the murder. Um and he fills them in doesn't he and then we get more flashbacks and we finally see the build up to the actual death of Flavia Flavia and Fabio and um, Fabio basically coerces her into having sex with two guys doesn't she they're either sailors or the dockers or something like that something like that yeah it's like down in down at the docks yeah yeah and she really doesn't want to do it and then she is horribly raped by the two men and it's really horrible that scene I Mm. mean it's almost like you get the impression that Fabio's so angry that she wouldn't sleep with a 17-year-old delivery boy that's, like, trying to one-up yeah. that whole experience. So it's, like, you know, the same thing where he wants to watch her have sex, but, yeah, there's two men that essentially rape her. Yeah. But it's, like, it's implied, isn't it, that if he, he doesn't want to watch her have sex that she enjoys, he wants to see her be demeaned and punished, doesn't he? Yeah, there's a lot of kind of humiliation because, like, in that earlier scene where she, she tries to initiate sex with him, even though he's been a total creep with the muscles, um, 
yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get back to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, like she's, she, when she willingly wants to have sex with me, she's not interested. Mm. It's got, it's like a power thing or yeah, it has to be some sort of really perverse, perverse action that he has to take. Like with that one, it was, he comes back in with the cat and nine tails and then it's fine, but he won't have sex with his own wife. Yeah. In a loving manner. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. Um, So she's horribly raped and then she's had enough. So she then, she's the one. So we see basically the big spoiler, the close up shots of Fabio's crotch being stabbed and we didn't know who by. And the reveal is that it was actually Flavia who does it. And then she then decides that she can't live with herself, decides to drown herself, doesn't she? It's very really strange because it's like an instant thing. She's like, oh, fuck, I've just, you know, killed Fabio. And then she just kind of chucks herself in the sea. So yeah. it's very odd. Yeah. It's kind of she flails around in the water a lot. And then her her friend Bruno, who we're introduced to earlier in the film, the artist, um, appears. But I'm never really sure why he appears at that moment. Yeah. And he well, he goes in to save her, but obviously it's too late. And she's drowned by the point he drags her out of the water. Yeah. Um. There's a bit earlier in the film where Bruno and her are kind of talking. She's like, I can't take it anymore. You know, I can't take Fabio. He's all the horrible things he's doing to me. So you kind of get the impression. Well, I think Bruno is a previous lover or an old friend that still wants her, but nobody really ever does anything to help her (laughs) until that moment. But you think, how does he know she's down at the docks getting raped by some some men? It's never really explained yeah well yeah yeah i mean you get that impression with most people don't you like you just said you get the impression that flavia said to most of her friends he's horrible he likes to beat me and rape me and none of them have actually done anything to help her yeah they all just know about it yeah yeah um so yeah so that's so there there we have the twist so you have the uh the andrea storyline where he's going through he's he's killing marzia and the prostitutes and and the other guy and you're wondering whether he's the one who killed flavia and fabio but the end we see that Flavia just couldn't take any more of the humiliation and rape and stabbed her husband to death and then drowned herself basically so it's quite it's it's quite a um, depressing kind of ending to the film really there's like no hope for this woman basically she's she's tortured and raped throughout and then kills herself yeah it's really it is really grim hmm. and Leonora Fanny sorry just laughing <laughs> sorry um Leonora Fanny um she's such a kind of pretty looking actress and she looks quite childlike and innocent mm. and it's so horrible to watch her throughout the film kind of be humiliated and raped and all she seems to want is just to have like a loving marriage and then yeah. that's how it ends and what's interesting as well that is like she she's not like she's not a glamour girl in the way that but like barbara boucher would have been or edwige or you know what i mean she's not a, yeah. she's not an overtly sexualized character she's the, she's the every every girl every man normal girl isn't she so it makes it even more not that it, that's less disturbing to watch a glamour girl get raped repeatedly for an hour and a half but you know what i mean if it's like a normal girl who you can um identify more with it feels you, you sort of feel the tragedy of it more i think yeah definitely i think it's very relatable well you know to a point to um a point. and her husband's an architect and they have a nice home and yeah they just seem like a very normal couple and all the friends know and it, again i don't think it's supposed to be a, like a film to think about much but yeah. yeah it's very interesting you do think kind of what goes on behind closed doors and yeah yeah all of that. and it's interesting as well i was saying to um to ben while we were watching the film i was saying how you never really see venice look that's that seedy or sleazy on screen so yeah it's always you know the nice kind of piazzas and whatever not like a dockyard and a yeah and even and in the dump. other horror movies even in 
other jelly and horror movies like Don't Look Now and Who Saw a Die and Amok. The horrible things happen, but they're always in quite grand surroundings, whereas this time Mario Landy seems to have gone out of his way to find the most depressing, seedy locations in Venice, like the junkyard and um, all of the apartments look really, really dowdy and crap, don't they? They don't have any windows, it would seem, either. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not, if you're looking for, like, a shallow that kind of is like the earlier 70s ones where everything's very glamorous, nice outfits, nice kind of production design and interiors, you're not going to find that in this one. It's, yeah, just kind of the surroundings reflect kind of the miserable tone of the whole film. Yeah, and in a way that makes it more consistent than a lot of other jelly. If you think yeah, about it that way, this falls into. I know you've got that. You've got your your two categories of jelly, haven't you? You talk about the the early ones and then the the sort of seedier ones. So this falls into the latter. This is yeah, definitely up there. Kind of like I mentioned before, with like New York Ripper and the Color is Still Among Us. It's just the when I suppose like I again, I'm not completely sure about censorship issues in the you know Italy and various countries surrounding it that would distribute you know like um, Germany and Spain and whatever, but um. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you feel like there's a relaxation of, like, the seeing sex on screen, so it becomes a lot more, like, violent, sexually violent yeah. um, than earlier films, where it's more just kind of, like, sex, and then they do, obviously, sex and violence come together in jail all the time, but I think you see it, a much more of a crueler streak through it in this. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, like, for us as UK viewers, it's quite shocking, because in the UK, it's... You, you're not still not even allowed to show that kind of thing. No, definitely not. I mean, the version that we're we're discussing is the Austrian Blu-ray, the Austrian release. I think it's, it's either Austrian or German, it's one or the other. But I'm sure, it's Austrian. Yeah. Yeah, it's a digi book, and it's the extra Isadora Cult Collection. Um, and you can find that if you go on Blu-ray.com. It's on there, and uh, we paid a tidy penny, a pretty penny for this. <laughs> Get up to 40 quid, we both paid for this yeah, experience. Yeah. yeah, which just says a lot more about us than it does about the film. But, um, it's de- I mean, I, I, I think it was money well spent because it's something that I was totally taken by surprise with. Yeah, I think it is, like, it's definitely an experience. I think it gives you a good understanding of, like, where the genre was moving to. Well, didn't move to this point, but, you know, it's a different side to it all. Yeah. Um, and it's good if you've seen kind of the more, like, mid-80s stuff in the earlier 80s. Yeah. films and you see it kind of it's in between that and the earlier ones yeah and also if you want to see a film that um got this kind of critical reaction um someone said that it deserves to be remembered as one of the most idiotic italian thrillers ever made a collage of soft porn sequences and dismemberments of rare brutality that fall into the void in a childish attempt to astonish um, and I don't know about you, but that that is like selling it for me. I'd, I'd go out and <laughs> yeah. buy it. Off, you off can't the really argue with that either. No, definitely yeah. not. And also, sure. it's a film that um, will either turn you on or gross you out with its uh, just depiction of muscles. Yeah, I don't think I ever want to eat a muscle again after watching this. Yeah, so describe that scene for us, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a scene where um, Fabian and Flavia are back at their apartment or house in their um, in their nightwear and just kind of having a nice dinner but turns out they're eating mussels they're on a plate and Fabio's just sitting there with a chopstick and he's kind of poking it around in the muscle and obviously it looks like a vagina and a clitoris and he's just kind of massaging a chopstick around it while staring at Flavio's like disgusted face stop it you're giving me a hard on already (laughs) (laughs) it's absolutely horrible just poking around you can kind of see it like the lip of the muscle separate and it's just very graphic oh dearie me 
Dear me, that yeah. was very well described. <laughs> I think that's definitely like kind of the thing that stuck out for me, that and scissors in the vagina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also randomly it's got a really nice um it's actually got a really nice theme theme tune as well. Um by uh the composer Berto Pisano and it's uh, it's it's kind of lush. It's like a luscious score, really nice, doesn't go at all with the film. And the general consensus was that um maybe this score was left over from a film that had a higher standard to it and they just sort of slapped it onto this one yeah it's, it's, it's very jarring when you hear that because you go from like that initial murder sequence of fabio being stabbed in the crotch and then you go into this like title sequence where this amazing kind of like very like shallow like music's playing um yeah and it's very lyrical and it's a nice piece of music and then it just goes back into kind of you know all the sex and murder but i think that music's used over a rape scene as well so it's very yeah. jarring to like hear something like that over and watch something so horrible alongside it but there's quite a few jarring moments in general in the film i'd say yeah like that yeah so if you want to be jarred then go out and find this it's a, it's also it's uh it's also on youtube but that version is eight minutes shorter than the blu-ray version that we watched you so, still get that man wanking in it, so yeah, you won't. You won't, if you if you want to see a film that is complete with a sleazy, overweight Italian man having a wank, then then you need to splash out the forty quid. <laughs> it's like you won't regret it; it'll be fine. Oh yeah, yeah, and we're here for you if you need some therapy. We're here for you. Yeah, we can all have a support group. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I am horrible, horrible film, and I couldn't recommend it highly enough. And I know Rachel couldn't either. Rachel, is it on your your website? Have you put it on on crescendo, hypnotic crescendos? I couldn't resist um, doing a screen grab post, so I just screen grabbed kind of everything that I thought was interesting in the film. So you can see that muscle muscle picture. You can see the scissors in the vagina. All that. All those images are on there. How lovely! And you, you... Know, especially for you and the penis, of course. <laughs> Thank you very much. So the so what's what's the address again for your website? So it's hypnoticcrescendos.blogspot.co.uk. And what do you do on there then? Is that like, isn't it? It's, you talk a lot about the fashion on there, don't you? That's what I've seen. Yeah, well, I started off kind of just uh, wanting to do a, a blog about Jello and Jelly and all that. Um, and then I ended up wanting to do a post about Tenebrae because I just thought it was really interesting in terms of the costume design and the whole like future element. I just wanted to kind of get some of my thoughts out there and it was really successful. So ever since then, I've just tried to focus on like kind of more of the, the fashion and interiors and whatever in the films. But I still do my reviews and screen grads and all of that as well. Yeah. So kind of all sorts on there. Yeah. Great. Well, that's so that's hypnoticcrescendos.blogspot.co.uk. And Rachel's on Twitter as well, so you can get it at Rachel underscore Nisbet. That's it's Ra- Rachel with an A. With an A-E. And you can get me at Johnny Larkin. At the, on the next podcast, I'll have the boys back. I'll let them out of the cellar. Well, you know, it's New Year. May as well let them out <laughs> to run around a bit. And um, I'm sure that they'll give me a hard time for cheating on them with you, Rach. But it's been. I'm sorry, it was all me. It was yeah, all my fault. yeah, she chased me. It's been a, it's been a great, it's been a pleasure though. I've loved doing it. Yeah, it's been really fun, and like I hope this is like people enjoyed it. Um, it's an interesting film to talk about because it's not like you know got so many elements in it or mystery elements, so yeah. to speak. So yeah. But the other the other extreme ones that that you spoke about as well. Other, we've already done New York Ripper, but the other the others maybe we'll save and you can come back and we can do it as a group and talk about those. Yeah, films. that would be good. That'd yeah, be I'd good like one. that. Cool. Okay, well, uh, well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to me and Rachel prattle on about this vile, vile film. Go out and watch it, and we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Rachel. Bye.